Good morning, Granberry and two county cooperative parish family. Again, we're reminded that this is the day and what a beautiful day it is that the Lord has made. And we have reasons, so many reasons to rejoice and to be glad in it. God has been good to you and to me. And we bless his holy name together this morning. We don't have any uh, new announcements for this week. Uh, this is the day, however, that we would normally have and celebrate together Holy Communion in most of our churches. Um, but today, instead of serving Holy Communion, we will have a remembrance together of this Sunday, what it represents for us as a Communion Sunday. With that said, we will now have our call to worship, and that will be followed by our opening hymn, As the Deer. We come this morning like the deer who pants for the water brooks, so our souls pant for you, O God. Our souls thirst for God, for you, the living God. Our souls hunger for the sweetness of your word this morning. How sweet are your words to our taste, sweeter than honey to the mouth. Today may we taste of you in a new way. May we clearly see how good you are to us, and may we be blessed to grow to trust you more. Ah, what a beautiful, beautiful song as the deer, as the deer pants after the water brooks. It's now time in our service this morning for our prayers, our prayers of the morning. And of course, we start with our opening prayer, and that's followed by our pastoral prayer for those members and friends of our churches, the members of, of our families, the members of our congregations, um, the members of our community that we love, and those others that the Lord lays on our hearts to pray for. Let us bow our heads together and observe just a moment of silence together. Almighty God, in this COVID-19 season of social distancing and stay-at-home directives and bans on sanctuary worship, we find ourselves hungering and thirsting after you more than ever before, especially, Lord God, since we miss celebrating you in corporate worship together. And although we're not in one space this morning, may we feel overshadowed by your presence as we are nourished and refreshed by your word together today. Amen, amen, and amen. We offer prayers this morning for those we are concerned about, the ones who are named before us today, Jacob, Mildred, Maurice, Bobby, Jimmy from Bethel, Ken, 
Anne's husband, Douglas Delma, and George's brother, Rick Sharon's cousin. The family of Deborah Kimball Plaster, she passed away on Thursday. Michael, Cheyenne, Sam, the family of the Watts family, that is, and the family of Bessie Cantor. Heavenly Father, you know, Lord God. Father God, those that are bereaved, you know the whole that has been left in their souls, in their hearts, Lord God, as they are mourning the loss of their beloved family member. Together, we, Lord God, ask that you be, Lord God, with that family in the ways that they need you most to provide comfort and strength for each one of them. Father, for those, Lord God, who did not have an opportunity to leave names, Lord God, of their lost loved ones today, Father God, we pray for them that you also comfort and strengthen each and every one of them. We pray, Lord God, for all of the others who are on our list. You know the specific needs that each one has, be it a medical condition. Father God, be it a relationship concern. Father, be it another type of great need that they are experiencing in this time. We thank you because we know you to be Jehovah Jireh, the one and only God who provides for us like a tender and loving father provides for his family. We pray, Lord God, further that you use us, Lord God. Father God, in any and all opportunities and ways, Lord God, use us to be your hands and your feet today. Use us to be the ones, Lord God, that offer the comfort, the strength, and the ones that meet the needs of those, Lord God who are in lack in this season. We pray, Lord God, also especially for those, Lord God, who are experiencing great discomfort and lack, Lord God, because of the COVID-19 virus. We pray, Lord God, that you meet their needs as well, especially in this season. We pray for those who have lost loved ones and family members, Lord God, because of and due to this virus. We pray, Lord God, a prayer of thanksgiving, and we pray for strength, Lord God, and continued reinforcements, Father, for those who yet and still stand on the front lines, serving us, Lord God, as first responders, Lord God, healthcare workers, Lord God. You know about each and every one, and we thank you, Lord God, for the ways that their communities are rising up to celebrate them and to express their thanksgiving. Show us how we might join their ranks. We bless you for that. We pray, Lord God, that you bring peace in households, Lord God, where, Father God, your beloved ones are uh, residing together, Lord God, in very close proximity. Father God, for this season, just be with them. Encourage their hearts. Keep them all safe and sound, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, and we bless you and we praise you, Lord God, for new ways and new opportunities that await us because of this season. 
And we close our time together in prayer, Lord God, praying the prayer that our Lord taught us. And we thank you, Lord. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, Lord God. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, and we bless you for that bread. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen, amen, and amen. We will now have our scripture. It's the same scripture that we have been reading during this season of our study of the Beatitudes that comes from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. Caleb Jenkins will be reading for us this time. Nick read for us our opening call to worship. Caleb and Nick are both sons of Granberry's beloved members, Charles and Aaron Jenkins. Today's scripture reading, Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12, will be read from the contemporary English version. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the side of a mountain and sat down. Jesus' disciples gathered around him, and he taught them, God blesses those people who depend only on him. They belong to the kingdom of heaven. God blesses those people who grieve. They will find comfort. God blesses those people who are humble. The earth will belong to them. God blesses those people who want to obey him more than to eat or drink. They will be given what they want. God blesses those people who are merciful. They will be treated with mercy. God blesses those people whose hearts are pure. They will see him. God blesses those people who make peace. They will be called his children. God blesses those people who are treated badly for doing right. They belong to the kingdom of heaven. God will bless you when people insult you, mistreat you, and tell all kinds of evil lies about you because of me. Be happy and excited. You will have a great reward in heaven. People did these same things to the prophets who lived long ago. Again, we're thanking both Nick and Caleb for their readings this morning. I ask you to uh, bow your head for a moment with me in prayer once again. Heavenly Father, I yield my spirit, Lord God, to your spirit and ask you, Lord God, to use me as your vessel this morning to break the bread, Lord God, the word, Lord God, of life for your beloved ones today. I pray, Lord God, that I will decrease so that you might increase and that you might speak clearly to all of those under the sound of my voice today and that the words that are spoken, Lord God, Father God, do not, as it were, just roll off as, roll, as water rolling off of a duck's back. But Father God, I pray that these words today might pierce the hearts of your beloved ones. And create in us, Lord God, Father God, a greater desire for you and for your word. I pray this prayer, I offer this prayer in the name, the mighty, majestic name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, and amen. Today's lesson, today's uh, message comes to us again, as I said before, from Matthew 5, 1 through 12. Uh, and the verse that we are focusing on for today's message is verse 6. Verse 6 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And if I were to give a title to today's uh, message, it would be a new taste for righteousness. A new taste for righteousness. One of the facts of this COVID-19 season is that it has introduced us to new ways of being and thinking and doing. We work at home rather than in an office or another place of business. Students study at home or in virtual classrooms. Some teachers actually get to teach from home. Others report for duty in their schools. We get to spend time, more time with the immediate family. We visit extended family more often than usual via social media. We miss, we miss, it's true. We miss social contact because of social distancing. Rather that, and the rather strict, strict prohibitions on in-person church worship. Yet we are witnessing some easing of these new restrictions. However, we are still reminded that we have experienced as a result of this epic COVID-19 pandemic. We are experiencing, the entire world is experiencing what must be called a new normal. When Jesus arrived over 2,000 years ago, his birth was an epic event, one that would change the world forever. Jesus came to establish a new normal for the people of God, for the Jews first, and then for the Gentiles. He introduced this new normal as a new standard of being, a new and higher standard of living, a standard established by God himself, and fact, it's the standard of the kingdom of God that we've been studying over the past few weeks. This standard, it was delivered by Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount. And the standard, it's better known to us as the Beatitudes. Maybe we could call them the be more like Christ attitude. These are the standards of righteousness reflected in the nature of those seeking to dwell in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God's righteousness. Righteousness, it's been described by Jesus as righteousness that exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. We have learned that Jesus introduced these new standards, these new ways of being in the first part of his Sermon on the Mount. We call them the blessings. We refer to them as the supreme blessings. They are blessings the righteous person receives because of his or her character, character, nature, as described in verses 3 through 12. Jesus presents them in a progressive manner because each beatitude builds upon the preceding one. He started with the poor in spirit who realized their need for outside help, their need for help beyond their natural resources and abilities. The good news is that God's character 
promises, and attributes are such that he freely grants his mercy and his grace to give the poor in spirit the blessings they need in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. The foundation of humility steeped in being poor in spirit is closely tied to those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Beatitude number two. Jesus is speaking next to those who realize, whose realization of their spiritual poverty now causes them to mourn because of sin, their sinful nature, and the sinful nature of humanity, because all humanity is infected and affected by sin. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Humanity is depraved, and we have utterly, utterly failed our God. And according to Psalm 14 and Romans 3, we do not do good and have not sought God properly. To see and admit to God that we are a sinful person takes humility. It takes heartfelt mourning because we have missed God's mark and leads us to repentance. Godly repentance Yes, it leads us to godly repentance. And it leads us to saving grace. Paul in 2 Corinthians 7 and 10 calls this godly sorrow. And he describes it as producing repentance, which leads us to God's saving grace. Blessed are those who mourn their sins for they shall be comforted in salvation. Jesus' third declaration, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. If we mourn over our own sin, it's easier to accept the correction of someone who points out our sin. And we can respond, therefore, with godliness, rather than self-defense or self-pity when someone does something to us unjustly. Those ones who respond, choose to respond in these ways are described as meek. The meek then begin to, de to develop a new appetite, one that is devoid of the devastating taste for self-gratification which is steeped in the things of the world. The things that the Apostle John describes for us as the lust of the flesh, which is physical pleasure, the lust of the eyes, material possessions, and the pride of life, power, power, power. Today we see the world engaged in an ever-increasing, insatiable thirst for these things of the world. Yet Jesus admonishes his hearers to develop a new appetite, a new kind of taste, described in verse 6 as the hunger and the thirst for righteousness. 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 Righteousness is the quality of being right with God, which 
which means that we become conformed. We are in conformity with the moral law. To hunger and thirst for righteousness is to desire to be in conformity with all the standards that God has set for us. What is God's standard? Oh, love this. It's repeated three times in Leviticus and quoted by Peter in 1 Peter 1 and 6. The Lord our God has said to us, Ye shall be holy, for I am holy. The standard to conform to is the very holiness of God. We are to be hungering and thirsting for God's holiness manifested, operating, witnessed by others in our lives. Jesus is the example of the standard of righteousness for he said in John 14 and 9 that he who has seen me has seen the Father. Paul said in Colossians 1 and 15 that Jesus is the very image of the invisible God. The writer of Hebrews said in 1 and 3 that Jesus is the radiance of the glory and the exact representation of God's glory. To hunger and thirst for righteousness is to desire to be like Jesus in our thoughts, in our actions, and in our attitudes. Oh, what a blessing to have someone say something to us like, oh, you remind me of, of Jesus. Or I see the Jesus in you. Or I feel the presence of God. When I spend time with you. Before I close today, I'm just going to present you with five marks, easy marks, of hungering and thirsting for righteousness. The first one, the first one is dissatisfaction with self. I know I'm not perfect. But the statement is not given as an excuse, but as a statement of seeing myself for who I am, one who has space for growing more holy, more Christ-like. The person who is satisfied with their self-righteousness will see no need for being humble before God. Freedom number two, freedom from dependence on external things for satisfaction for no earthly thing still satisfies that hunger. A craving for the word of God and to be in prayer. Can't wait to read my devotions in the morning. Can't wait to finish reading through the Bible this year. The Bible and prayer becomes our source for nourishment, finding pleasure in the things of God in, 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 in all circumstances, in all circumstances. Oh, my gracious. 
unconditional desire for unconditional desire for righteousness, a longing for it, no matter how God chooses to provide it. The wonderful blessing is that the promise in the factual statement that those that hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. Much satisfaction in that fact. This is an extremely important blessing because unless you and I are righteous, we can't enter heaven. Hebrews 12, 14 puts it bluntly, calling for people to follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man, no woman shall see God. To some that seems too difficult because being holy means being perfect in their mind and no one can be perfect. True, that is very correct. Holiness demands perfection and no one can meet those qualifications on their own. And that's why this is preceded by being poor in spirit, mourning and being meek. Only God can make me holy, you holy, us holy. And that's exactly what God does in Jesus. Paul explains in the book of Romans, no one is righteous before God. The immoral, the moral, and the religious are all unrighteous and guilty before him. God justifies the unrighteous as a gift by his grace for redemption, redemption which is found only in Jesus Christ, for he is the just and the justifier of the one who has faith in him. Romans 3, 24 through 27. As Paul explains further in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your hearts that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth the confession is made, and it's resulting in salvation. As Paul stated in 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in Jesus. Those who hunger and thirst for the righteousness of God will be filled with it by God through faith in Jesus Christ. Some react to this and they say, uh, it, it, this is just too easy. Well, it's easy in the sense that salvation comes by grace, grace through faith as a gift, not through any of our works, not through my work, not through yours, not through any man's work, lest any man should boast. That's, that's, we know that text. It's found in Ephesians, Ephesians 2 and 8. It's easy, it's easy in the sense that you cannot earn it. And at the same time, it is not easy. Why? Because it goes against 
the essence of pride in the nature of man and woman. This requires a man or a woman. It requires us to humble ourselves and become poor in spirit in order to come to God begging for his mercy and grace, which he gladly grants in Christ Jesus. Any man who tries to attain salvation on his or her, woman on her own, on our own merit, if we try it on our own merit, we will not be saved. We will not enter into the kingdom of God. While we are made righteous before God by his grace through justification, by our faith, our faith in Jesus Christ, hungering and thirsting after righteousness, it does not end here. We are saved from sin. Yes, we're made righteous in our position before God at the moment of justification. But we are also being, being ongoing, made practically righteous in our manner of living in the present through the process of sanctification. We become more and more and more like Jesus Christ in character by continuing continuing to hunger and thirst, continuing in hungering and thirsting after righteousness by being meek, by mourning, mourning over our sins when we do sin. First John, John in First John reminds us that we do sin continually and we can be forgiven. We are forgiven when we confess those sins and we are cleansed from all unrighteousness. We grow in our character more like Christ when we start by being poor in spirit. The ultimate fulfillment of this beatitude will be when our positional holiness and our practical holiness meet and we're conformed to the image of Christ in his perfect, perfect holiness. That will be our glorification. That is the hope of God's promise that not only he will continue the good work he started in us, that's Philippians, found in Philippians 1 and 6, but he will conform us to the image of his son on the day of Christ Jesus. As 1 John 3 and 2 states, it states it so wonderfully, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet appeared what we shall be. But we know, we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And today and every day forward, we continue to hunger and thirst for righteousness and for that day. Amen, amen, and amen. Heavenly Father, I've given to your people today the message that you have 
given me, commanded me, Lord God, to present. And I thank you for the privilege of standing, Lord God, before this holy desk and sharing your word with your beloved ones today. Amen, amen, and amen. I invite you to just take a moment just of silence and prepare your heart to receive our communion, our holy communion remembrance. Jesus reminded us to do these things, to celebrate that meal often in remembrance of him. And so we are going to take a moment to meditate on the words that are presented to us in our great thanksgiving for the Easter season. And no, 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 we're not taking communion, but we're remembering and we are rehearsing in our minds and in our hearts. We are looking forward with great anticipation to the next time that we get, we have the opportunity to celebrate Holy Communion together in our sanctuaries, in our churches. We're also gathered in anticipation, looking forward to the day that we get to sit at the banquet table, table of the marriage supper of the Lamb. Each time we participate in this meal, we are preparing ourselves for that great day of feasting. Again, please bow your heads for just a moment with me. And then just listen. Listen to the words that we would be sharing today if we were gathered together in our sanctuary. The Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and our praise. It is right and it's a good and it's a joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you. Father Almighty, creator, creator of heaven and creator of earth, you formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity. You made covenant with us to be our sovereign God. You brought us into the land flowing with milk and honey and set before us the way of life. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise you, we praise your name, and we join in their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church. You delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and you made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. By your great mercy, we have been born anew to a living hope 
through the resurrection of your son from the dead and to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Once we were no people, and now we are your people, declaring your wonderful deeds in Jesus Christ, who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread. He gave thanks to you and he broke the bread and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to you and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, drink, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant. Pour it out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. On the day you raised him from the dead, he was recognized by his disciples in the breaking of bread and in the power of your Holy Spirit. Your church has continued in breaking of the bread and the sharing of the cup. And so, and so, and so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves anew, afresh. We come today hungering and thirsting after more of you and your righteousness. We offer ourselves in praise and in thanksgiving to you as a holy and a living sacrifice. Each one of us offer ourselves in union with Christ offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. Amen, amen, and amen. Let us further meditate as we hear the words of the familiar communion hymn, Fill my cup. And let us now close with our prayer, our closing prayer, and our benediction. May the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen, amen, and amen. May we now go forth in peace, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen, amen, and amen.